the thing about this is we're saying something profound. I love, I love, I love your presence. Do we really love his presence? Do we mean it? If we love his presence, we must seek him with all, in all earnestness, with our every bit of us, with our fiber, with our soul, with our spirit, with our bodies. Jesus is the reason for this season in which we are. But you see, we've moved away from the reason for the season into other things. We've gone into gifts. Gifts. What shall I get myself for those who are selfish? What shall I get for others? Wandering, tearing your hair out and thinking, how shall I afford, how can I afford this? How will I be able to buy your sibling, your parents, your friends, gifts, without necessarily offending them. Offending in the sense that them thinking, oh, is that all he got me? You know, there are people like that. Um, we are not grateful. We get a gift and instead of being thankful, we wonder, hmm, I wonder if he, could, he really thought of this. I wonder if she really thought about this and did all they could to get me a good or a great present. Or do we just go into the shops and just pick anything? Close your eyes, your eyes open, the first thing you lay your eyes on, you pick up, and out you go. I'm the type who doesn't really like shopping a lot. I know what I want, I go in, pick up, turn my eyes to everything, it's blinked. Just look at the thing, pick it up, pay, out I go. That's it. But there's, apparently shopping is an art. I don't know, why am I going this way? Shopping is an art. You go in, you have to feel it, you have to look at it, admire it. Hmm, I wonder if there's something else. You go to the next shop, and the next shop, and the next shop. Then you take a break. Then you have a meal or a snack. Sit down, relax, cross your legs, and then continue. So it's a whole day experience. A whole day experience. And it is nice. It is Treat it as a day out. If you do treat it as a day out, then you will not have problems. No, it's a day out. You go in, go to the shops, take a break, because you do need energy to do that. Take a break, have a meal, then you continue. And you'll be reinvigorated. Then you can think clearly, then you can see the things that you actually want, and you see from a different perspective. How did I get here? I'm not meant to be talking about that. I'm meant to be talking about gifts. Gifts, gifts, gifts. But it's the season, isn't it? I, maybe it's just me. But at this time of year, when you go into the shops, you find that you're doing things that you normally wouldn't do. There's everybody buying. It looks like a spirit takes over. And you don't know where you are. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know why you've bought what you've bought. You just go grab, 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 put in the trolley, you don't even bother about the bill at the end. You just pay and you walk away. And sometimes I just watch people. I look at the full trolleys. I'm thinking, it's only one day that the shops are going to be closed. Do you need a full trolley of goods, of items? And I bet you half the people throw the stuff away. Why, oh why? You see, we've shifted our focus from the reason for the season Unto other things. 
we're looking at the gifts, what we're getting, what we're, it, it's become more like a self thing, a satisfaction thing, rather than the reason for the season. You see, and what's the reason for the season is Jesus, the birth of Jesus. Let's quickly, I'm sure every one of us, or a Christian, every Christian, and I'm sure even non-Christians know this thing. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. He loved you and me that he gave. What did he give us? A wonderful gift. His son. That was a big sacrifice. So no matter what the gifts that you give to people, they will never match what God has given to us. He gave the ultimate gift. His son who was born for us to save us and to die. He was born that he might die. Can you imagine that? That's the ultimate gift, isn't it? He was born to die. Born to die. And he sacrificed his son. And there we are thinking, oh yeah, I got this person, this wonderful gift. We haven't given the ultimate sacrifice. But the thing is, you see, we've moved away from the reason for the season onto something else. And that distracts us. You see, that takes the focus away. And when you break focus, there are problems. There is a consequence if you break that focus. The thing is, you're going from point A to point B. There will be distractions along the way on the journey. There are bound to be distractions. But the thing is, do you stop at those distractions and get distracted? get sidetracked, or do you continue on your journey, which is what we're doing. We're sidetracked by the gifts, all the gifts, and we get stressed out, uh, wondering if you've forgotten anyone, and when it's the last minute, um, you just suddenly remember you left someone out, and you're trying to figure out how you can appease them or what you can tell them to make up for the fact that you actually forgot them. How do you tell somebody, oh, I forgot to buy you a present? You, you wouldn't do that, you can't do that. So you see, you get stressed and you worry and you're thinking, hmm, how did I get it wrong? But we're stressing and stressing and stressing. See, so the key for me is we need to get back and focus. We need to focus on the reason for the season. I'm going to do something different. Well, I suppose for many people it won't be different. I'm going to worship, I'm going to sing, and join me as I do that. It's going to be brief, it's going to be quick, and it's going hopefully to turn our focus on the reason for the season. You see, there's, there's a message there for us. We don't need to break, or where our focus is broken, we need to turn and look in the right direction. Look upon Jesus. And the things that are bugging us, the things that are stressing us out, they become strangely dim, very dim in the distance. It's like a bright light that suddenly begins to dim and dim until it fades away. You see, it's, it, it just reminds me of something. When you're flying, you're on the ground, everything looks big, humongous. Big, 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 big. Until you begin to taxi, 
and then you take off. And then you find that gradually, as you get higher and higher, you see, that, that tells me, that gives me a message right there. You're moving away from the situation, the environment, the circumstances. As you move away from those things, they become smaller and less significant. They don't seem so overwhelming anymore. You seem to soar above them and they become insignificant until you get to 30,000, 35,000, 38,000 feet and they're just a speck. You even forget about them. You don't see them anymore. That's what our lives should be. When the strains and stresses of life cloud us out, they surround us, they affect our environment, we need to turn our focus away from that. And one way of doing this is to worship our Lord, is to praise him. So any praise song you do, you know will do. Sing unto him. That situation, that circumstance, soon begins to fade into insignificance. That's the life he calls us to lead. And God has given us this wonderful gift. And he didn't just give that gift to us for the gift to lie idly by. We are meant to unwrap, unravel that gift. When you get a gift, I shall not take this off, but I'll just show you. The gift comes wrapped, lovely wrapping paper. All the ties, all the ribbons. But you see, this is no use to you if you don't know the contents. Or let me place it another way. This is no use to you if you don't unwrap and take hold of what is inside or use what is in it. God has given us this gift. And he says, it's ours. What are we meant to do with it? We're meant to unwrap it. This is no good as it is. It's like having a pen in there that is wrapped. You cannot use that pen if you don't unwrap that. If we keep Jesus wrapped in some bubble wrap, somewhere lying in our bedroom or in our lounge somewhere at home, and go out and face challenges, what is the point of the gift? We are meant to use the gift that God has given to us. So we are meant to unwrap it and take hold of the content, use what is in that wrapping paper. That wrapping paper, this is really no use to us. It's just decoration. It's no use to us. So we need to, I don't know about you, um, when you get a gift, I don't take my time and undo the ribbon and fold it and put it away somewhere and undo the wrapping paper gently with a tape, try and get a blade or a knife there so that I don't tear the paper, open it nicely and fold and put it. No, 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 no. I'm eager to get in, to see the content. No wasting of time. I just get hold of it, rip it. Because I want to get to what is within. I'm not interested in that. Beautiful as it may look, it's no use to me. I want the contents. So I rip it up so I can get hold of the content. That's what we need to do with what God has given to us. We need to get into Jesus. We need to get hold of him so that he can take hold of us and lead us and guide us and be our everything. That's what we need to do. God has given us that wonderful gift. More than Christmas time, 
It's, it's not just for Christmas. It's for every day of our lives, 365 days of the year, or 366 if it's a leap year. That's the additional day. So you see, and Jesus is not a one-hour thing. It, having Jesus is supposed to be part of our lifestyle. It's a 24-7 thing. 24 hours, seven days a week. Every waking moment, even every sleeping moment in your dreams, you talk about Jesus. You see, I mean, sometimes you have dreams. Uh, let's put it this way. Occasionally, you do have nightmares, don't you? Uh, my hand is up. I do. I, I don't know about you. Sometimes you have some terrible dreams or nightmares. And I find myself shouting the blood of Jesus or the name of Jesus. That's what he's there for. So even in your sleep, when those nightmares or dreams, bad dreams come along, you call upon his name. You see, because he says, at the mention of his name, every knee bows and every tongue confesses that he is Lord. Not just that, situations bow before the name of Jesus. That's the name that we have. You see, because the name of Jesus is powerful. The name of Jesus is filled with light. The name of Jesus is filled with life. The name of Jesus breaks every stronghold. That's the name we have, the name Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No other name but the name of Jesus. That wonderful gift that God has given to us, that we're not using, that we've put to one side. We've put that gift to one side. Why? I don't know. Um, he wants us to take hold of him. And he wants us to make sure that he's part of our everyday life. 24 hours, seven days a week. When you go to work, when you're at home, when you're on the bus, on the tube, on the train, wherever you are, anything you're doing, Jesus wants to be a part of it. He wants to be around. Call him and he'll hear. He's always ready. He's always ready. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's no other name but the name of Jesus. This is the seizing about him. Our emphasis has shifted. We're looking at gifts rather than him. That's where we need to tend to. So yes, gifts and all are good. They are good, but we need to remember that we have the ultimate gift. He was born to die for us. Not just us Christians, but everybody. That's a once and for all gift. And that gift is available till eternity. It's available right now to anybody. Are we holding on to that gift or are we just saying, oh yeah, it's wrapped up, I like the wrapping paper. You see, the interesting thing is that some people who be admiring the wrapping paper rather than trying to find out the content and having a bonding or relationship with, that con with the content. Like I said earlier on, the content of the wrapping paper is no good to you if you don't know what it is, if you don't take hold of it, and if you don't use it. So we need to use it. Jesus is available every day. He wants us to rely on him. He's the perfect Christmas gift. So this Christmas, let's remember, it's about Christ. It's about Christ, him and him alone. We need to remember. You see, he was not born by chance or by luck. It was for a purpose. God ordained this. He arranged this right from the beginning. God had a plan and purpose for Jesus. He would be born onto the earth 
and will die. In the same way, he has a plan and purpose for you and I. And that plan and purpose is that we will be saved and we will be with him in eternity. So you see, you're not forgotten. We're not forgotten. God knows your name. He knows my name. And he has a plan for you and I. Don't forget that. It says in Ephesians, we're going to go whisk through the Bible. We're going to go through a few Bible verses. Can we please turn to Ephesians 2? Eight to nine, please. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that one may boast. Interesting, isn't it? And let's look at it again. For by grace you have been saved through faith. You notice I'm emphasizing certain words here. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That's important because I see three gifts here. The gift of grace. That's a gift from God. Then faith. Faith, 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 faith. The faith of Jesus is what we rely on and what we hold on and saving us. That is also a gift from God. Save if you believe. These are all three. There are these three. Grace, faith, and saving or saved. You see, so in that particular scripture, there's packed in three gifts that God has given to us. I must tell you, I've read this a number of times and I've read it and I've looked at it and I've looked at the whole sentence. Okay, it just was one to me until I began looking at it again and I'm seeing it differently. I'm seeing gifts there, grace. I'm seeing faith and I'm seeing saved. So when we look at the scriptures, we need to look at it in depth. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to break it down for us because every time you look at a scripture, it's funny, it's interesting. You see another aspect of it that you probably didn't notice before. It seems to be new all the time. There's something inside there that you can unpack, something that you can pick up. That's what God does when he's touching us, when he's moving in our lives, and when we release ourselves onto him to have his way. Let's look again at James 1, 17. James chapter 1. Verse 17, another scripture. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. You know, with us human beings, we don't behave like that. We can't say we are constant, we are the same, no matter what. There are times when the emotions take over, there are times when circumstances cause us to behave differently. But God is the same. He doesn't change. You see, it says here, there is no variableness. There is no changing in him. And it does say clearly, every good and perfect gift comes from him. So we need to start thinking that way. 
Everything that is good, he's given to us. And he keeps giving it. It's available for, to us. And it's up to us to take hold of it. Are we doing that? We need to. We need to take hold of the gifts that he's given to us. Every time. The ultimate gift was Christ laying down his life for you and for me. He laid down his life that we might be saved and spend eternity with our God and our creator. God has given us so many gifts, spiritual gifts he has given us. He's given unto us the gift of prophecy, speaking in tongues, gift of a brand new life, the gift of his life. Actually, let me point to scripture. Let me, let, let's look at the references. Matthew 1, 21. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. He's given us the gift of a savior. And 21 says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Then let's turn to Jeremiah 31. I'm sorry, but we'll have to whisk through the Bible a little bit. Jeremiah 31. And verse 3. The gift of his love. That's another gift that he's given to us. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. His love. The gift of his grace, which we've read in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. The gift of his peace, John 14, John chapter 14, verse 27. The gift of his peace, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So that's his gift of peace. The gift of the Holy Spirit, we can find this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The gift of the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Then we shall, let's turn to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5, and verse 17. That's the gift of a brand new life. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. That's a brand new life. When we are born again, we become brand new, don't we? We start afresh. Slate is wiped clean and we start a new life. Um, 
Can we please turn to Romans, Romans, Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So we are set free from bondage and from sin. And I'm sure we know this very popular that we all confess. Philippians 4 and 13. Philippians 4, 13. The gift of supernatural strength. That's another gift he's given to us. And it says here clearly, I can do all, th- all this through him who gives me strength. It's not your strength. It is his strength. We can do it through his strength. And his strength is supernatural strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And again, I, can, I just remembered another verse. If, um, Isaiah 40, 31, which says, They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's not your own strength. It's the strength of Christ. So you see supernatural strength working here. Then... Again, we'll look at a few. Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. 29 and 11. 29:11, please. It says here, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You see, so that is the gift of purpose. That's the gift of purpose that he's giving to us. For I know the plans I have for you. He has a purpose for us. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then he's also given us that capability or ability or access to God. That's a gift. First John 5. First John 5. First John 5. And 14 to 15, please. First John 5, 14 to 15. The gift of prayer or accessing God directly. You know, in the past, before Christ died, everything went through the priests. But he became our high priest. Um, after his death, we had direct access to God. We didn't have to go through any priest. We could access him directly. We had a direct telephone. I like to call it telephone. Telephone line to heaven. Uninterrupted by anybody. You're calling God directly and he hears you and he answers you. You're not having to go through an operator. And in those days, the operator, we could class as the priest priest at those times, you had to go through the priest. But now, he's taken that away and given us direct access. So we call him directly, we deal with him directly. And he hears and he answers. So 1 John 5, 14 to 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, 
whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Direct access. Then the last one we're going to look at is the gift of hope. He's given us hope. Romans 15, Romans chapter 15, and verse 13, the gift of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, so the gift of hope. And he's given us loads and loads and loads of spiritual gifts. We know these charismatic gifts, um, several of them. Um, he's given us prophecy, exhortation, leadership, mercy, wisdom, and the fivefold ministry, you know, apostle, teacher, and so on and so forth. And even the ministry of service. You know, there's some people who are very, very serviceable. They just, it's their calling. They know how to treat and look after people. That's their calling. So you don't have to be, we don't all have to be apostles. You see, he's given us all these different gifts because we are, we are one body, but various parts. And all the parts must work together. So you must have somebody who will be serviceable, somebody who will be a pastor, that's the shepherd, somebody who will be a teacher, somebody who will be a prophet, and so on and so forth. But you see, we're all working together. All these gifts are working together for the edification of the church to equip us, to get us to grow and develop, and also to grow and develop the church, not just so that the church will have enough power to be able to affect our world. That's what we're designed to do. So you see what gifts can do. Giving the ultimate gift has a knock-on effect. It brings all these things in its trail. Just like having a hurricane. I, sometimes I just look at those hurricane things and study them and follow. You see what happens. They come with a bang and they affect everything. And it's not just a hurricane. It brings rain. It brings thunder. It brings lightning. It brings wind. And it changes. It affects its environment. That's what... The gift of God in us is meant to do. We are meant not just to equip and develop each other, but to affect the society around us. That's what the gift does. And that is the purpose of the gift. It's not for us alone. He gave, we are designed to give. We receive and we give. As we give, the more we give, the more he gives to us. If you don't give, if you hoard, if you keep, there's no room to put in extra. It just won't fit. So you need to empty yourself so that more will be put in. So as it flows, you release. You release, it flows. You release, it flows. So that's what we're designed to do. Not the way the world looks at it. The gift of the world is meant for you to hold, to keep. You don't give it on. You hold, you keep. It's yours. The gift of God is not just for you. It's for others, the benefit of all. That's what Christ wants us to do. That's what we're designed to do. So let's remember that. The ultimate gift has a lot in its trail. The gift of the world is just singular, limited to you. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. 
So what will your choice be? Would you accept the gift of Christ or would you prefer the gift of the world? I know what the answer is. It's a rhetorical question, so you don't need to answer. So we know that we have to unpack that gift and use it fully. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So we need to trust him and trust him, trust his every word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Do we trust him? If we trust him, let's tell him. 